Hey everybody, Adam Stott here. Thanks for checking out my podcast, Business Grow Secrets. You're absolutely in the right place. This podcast is going to reveal to you all of the secrets that you've been looking to discover that can allow you to cure your cash flow problems, attain more clients, bring in more leads for your business, and create systems and processes that give you the growth that you want. You are going to discover the business growth secrets you have been looking for that I've used to sell over £50 million worth of products and services on social media and help clients everywhere to grow their businesses on the mark. So let's get started on the Business Growth Secrets Podcast. Hey everybody, Adam Stott here and today's episode is a mega one. This is an interview I did a little while back with uh, the one, the only, Joseph Alante. Joseph was full of enthusiasm, full of character. He's a super guy. Um, he's, gonna, he's a young guy that's achieved a lot in his life already. He's going to achieve so much more. Um, after this interview, we went on to become really good friends and we've done lots together. So I think it's a really exciting one that you should listen to all the way through. I have no doubt in my mind after listening to this, you are going to feel motivated, inspired, and ready to take on the world. I love this interview, and I think that you're going to love it too. So I hope you really enjoy it. Get stuck in. Listen to it all the way through. Be an A player. A players go all the way to the end. B players halfway through. C players three, four minutes. Listen to this one all the way through because there's tons of golden nuggets that are going to make a difference in your business and your life. Thank you. Welcome, Joseph. Cheers, How are you, buddy? You all right? Yeah, great. Yeah. Thank you very much for coming down, and it's a pleasure to be here with you today. Brilliant. And I really, really hope that I can share some of my experiences with you and yeah. your audience, and there'll be some good takeaways, some mm. lessons that I've learned, some successes, but also some failures <laughs> that we can <laughs> okay. take some yeah. lessons from, yeah. you know, give some good insight into The Apprentice and what that's, what's that yeah. like, and just have a real good, with, real good chat. Without a doubt. I think, first of all, we need to kind of start, obviously... Before you went on The uh, Apprentice, you've been a business owner and, and, and obviously you've grown your business mm-hmm. and you've spoke to me about some of the changes in your model. What would you say to the audience watching, whether they're a business owner yet or not a business owner, is the best way to start and grow your business and what are the lessons you've learned along the way? Maybe you could tell us a little bit about the start mm-hmm. of your journey as well so we can get a good insight to, to what you've done. Yeah, I will do. And I mean, the first thing about starting a business and the, the biggest challenge for me is people need to actually start a business, <laughs> if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. You've got to go on and get on with it. You know, and, and people find that bit, I think, the hardest. Everybody has the ideas, they know what they want to do, they think that they could do it, but actually getting started, taking action, is your first, biggest, and most important step yeah. um, on the journey. You see so many business owners, don't you, that have got an idea, and there's millions of people out there that have had ideas and never got them off the, off the shelf and got it done. And I think that's very, very, very true. Tell us about the start of your business. How did that, that So the start about? of my business, I was an engineer. So yeah. I was a qualified plumber, qualified gas engineer. And I got to a point at 21 where I think a lot of people reach, not just at that age, but a lot of time in their life where they're unhappy with their job. They want to do something yeah. and they don't quite know what to do next. Yeah. Okay, and lucky for me, I had some inspiration, and in a way, it fell on my lap. That was actually Lord Sugar's autobiography. Yeah, you know, and as crazy and as cheesy as it may sound at the beginning, yeah, um, you know, that was the book that inspired me to start a business. So I got it for Christmas. 
It was that strange. Who, who got you the book for Christmas? My mum. Okay, great. I owe it all to my mum. All to my mum. So she got me the book for Christmas, mm. and I was on that time where you have a bit of time off in between. Yeah. Picked up the book. I wasn't a big reader of books at that no, time I was at all. That yeah, yeah. Um, and I just couldn't put it down. Mm. I read it and I watched how one man from a council estate in London came from nothing, mm. nothing to achieve billionaire status in one lifetime. Yeah. You know, and I thought, actually, what has he got that I haven't? If he can do it, why can't I? You yeah. know, and it really flipped a switch inside me yeah. and it changed me. And then after that, I was like, right, two days later, went on to, I went online, Tesco Bank, personal loan, mm. took out a £15,000 loan and got it straight into my bank account and launched Imprigates. <laughs> and it really was that crazy, that quick, that simple and easy to do. Yeah. Everybody thought I was mental, my friends and family, but I did it. I think that's really important that you, you invested in yourself and, and you had the guts to invest in yourself because so many people out there, they don't understand that investing in yourself and backing yourself is very, very important. I know we'll probably get on to sort of investors and what uh, Lord Sugar did for you, but the first step is actually being able to invest in yourself and have the guts uh, to really have a go without a shadow of a doubt. Well, in terms of books, was that the only book you read or did you go out and did you sort of study more and read different books to, to keep that inspiration up? So it sort of had a knock-on effect. So that was the first one. But then I realised because I was expelled from school at 15, okay, yeah. I wasn't keen on education. Yeah. And I'd left that part of my yeah. life and I didn't think I needed it. I thought I knew best for many, many years. Yeah. But then when I realised that I was once again learning, yeah, yeah. I knew that I had to learn a lot, lot more. So I started going to events, going on to mentoring programs, you know, reading a lot more books, learning from people that had already achieved it and surrounding myself with other people that were in the early stages that wanted to achieve it. Yeah, I think what you just said is really, really, uh, really important. I think for the audience uh, listening, you know, I, I can run a lot of parallels from sort of myself in terms of how I grew. And, you know, I think the book that I read that wasn't Lord Sugar's, I did, I've read Lord Sugar's autobiography, but I read a book called Think and Grow Rich. Yeah. Um, I probably you may have read or may yeah, not, yeah, some yeah. of the audience may have. And that kind of inspired me to look around and then get coaching and mentoring and different events. And that's really helped to sort of round off my rough edges. Again, I left school at 15 mm -hmm. as well. So there's a lot of similarities there. And, and if people want to be successful, I think there's some good clues to how to get started and how you guys can literally, you know, go from wherever you are now. It doesn't matter whether you're you're killing it in your job. It doesn't matter if you've got a business that you're growing. It doesn't matter where you are. You can get to where you want to go if you get inspired and, 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 and go for it. So, I mean, on that, just to add, for those that are in their startup phase, um, you know, you can think too much into making sure that everything's perfect yeah. and you can have a business plan and you can spend, you know, months and years getting it all set up. But realistically, I took the money as crazy as that was when I look back <laughs> now, I took the money with no plan, no experience, no branding, no setup. But what I knew was once the money hit my bank, I was committed. Yeah. Then I had to move quickly. Okay. But I didn't know anything. So don't, don't think that you've got to start perfect. You have to strive for perfection, but you, you very often no, don't think, get think, there. I think it's an amazing point. It's certainly a journey, and that's the first step of the journey, isn't it? You know, And uh, getting going is the first step, and then you just grow and grow and grow. So, yeah. so what happened after that? You've taken your first step, you've invested in yourself, 
imagine that you're going to want to see a return on that investment quickly. Mm. Did you go out and get your first sales? From what I've heard, you did quite well with your first sales pretty quickly. Yeah, so basically then it was like, right, I've bought the van, I've branded the company, I've found an account and I've got a website, I need some customers. <laughs> and I didn't <laughs> have yeah, any yeah, customers. Yeah, yeah. It was like, right, here's a big lesson in customer acquisition. And people say, when you first start your business, how do you get people to buy into you? Yeah. Well, firstly, you are your biggest advert, you are the marketeer, you are the salesperson, and you go and see as many people personally and get in front of them with your passion, you know, your delivery, and show them what you're gonna do for them as a, as a service, as it were. So for me, I was 22, and I felt that in my industry, the image always was, you know, a dirty plumber that comes in scruffy or old, turns up late. So what I did at that time with the 15 grand, um, I went out and I bought a 500 pound pinstripe suit. Okay, <laughs> right. I bought a tie, yeah. I bought a briefcase, and I bought an umbrella. Right. And I looked, like <laughs> some, I looked like some kid from the banking district, okay? Right. Yeah. And I was young and I looked young at the time, but I was very smart, I had my hair yeah. slicked back, and I hit Peterborough High Street. Because I knew that if I went after just single customers at the time, it would take me a lot of time to get lots of them. But if I went after property management businesses, mm -hmm. I would get contracts of houses and get lots of work quick, meaning I could scale off the back of that. Yeah. So I hit all of the estate agents walking up and down in there, just walking through the door and pitching to the whole office yeah. straight away. Um, and I got turned down by everybody. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everybody turned me down. They all took my car, they all took my packs. And I was like, blimey, that didn't go as well as what I thought it was going to in my head. Yeah, yeah. I thought I was going to get business straight away. And that's another lesson about rejection. Don't let it stop you. Yeah. Don't let it get you down. So at the end of the week on the Friday, I went back round towards the same estate agent. Hi, it's me again. Um, just coming to see if you need anybody. Well, on that second visit, I actually signed up two estate agents and got contracts for 600 homes. That, that's an amazing, amazing part of the story. And I think from the business owners that come to our events and the business owners we coach, the ones that are not reaching the heights and getting the success sometimes are the ones that are not selling and the yeah. ones that are afraid of rejection or have got that fear of failure and let it stop them. And it sounds like you overcome that very, very quickly. What would you say to somebody out there that isn't as maybe as confident as yourself or, you know, that is going to go out there and how would you, how would you tell them to deal with that rejection? when they do get it, because it will come, there's no doubt, isn't it? There's gonna be people that say no to you along the way. Have you got a strategy for dealing with rejection? I think the best way to deal with rejection is to get rejected more, <laughs> because you become numb to it, okay? Yeah. It's just like you keep hearing the word no, and at the beginning you can take it personally, and you can go, oh wow, you know, and you can let that affect you. But actually, the more times you hear it, it's like, okay, no, on to the next. Okay, yeah. no, on to the next. And you just need to keep keep, keep doing it. Yeah. Okay, that's the That's amazing, way. amazing advice for, for anybody out there. You know, if you're having a, a hard time of it where you're not getting the sales that you, you want to make, then go out and hear more no's and you're bound to come across a yes without a doubt. I think that's a great bit of advice. So in terms of that, you, you got your contracts, you started to build your business, didn't you? And things started to go well. Yep. You had a sensible size business when you went on the apprentice, didn't you? What kind of size was it? And, and um, So we got to, very quickly after the first week, I took on an apprentice, a mm. month later, another plumber, and we got more and more estate agent contracts that allowed us to grow quite yep. quickly. Um, what I found was that 
I was very good at doing the job and selling the job, but I never built a back office. Yeah, yeah. Got a little office above an estate agent, put a part-time lady in, and I didn't quite know where to go next. Yeah. I didn't, I needed help. I needed support. I needed mentorship. I needed advice. I needed cash. I needed exposure because I took us as far as yeah. we could actually go. Yeah. So then I was getting quite depressed actually. Um, yeah. because I didn't know where to go with the business. We were doing a very small amount of about £315,000 worth of turnover a year. We were making profit and it, it was good for me personally, but it was never going to make me the millionaire, billionaire that I wanted to be. Yeah. So I think what, I think what you said is a situation so many business owners find themselves in and, and what you said is actually identifying that you actually need coaching, you need mentorship, mm -hmm. you need cash. It's actually really intelligent. And I think that what you're saying about in terms you got to you plateaued, a lot of people do get frustrated mm. when they plateau. They don't understand how to break through, do they? Yeah. They don't understand what you need to do, and that is why you need to go and seek out somebody that has walked the path you want to walk. Exactly. Yeah. Where do you go next? Yeah. You know, what do you do? And a lot of people as well, and it's becoming a lot easier now because there's a lot more videos like this yeah. that are able to share advice and yeah. talk about mentors, and there's a lot of yeah. events. But, you know, I suppose back then there was probably still them, but I didn't go to as many. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I didn't quite know where to go next yeah. to take it to the next level. And the reason that I was able to, so one evening, it was January. I remember it very, very clearly. I think it was January the 3rd or the 4th. Mm. And I came home that evening. Um, it was nine o'clock at night. I had a real shit day in the office. <laughs> real shit day. It was, it was terrible. Yeah. Um, and I got my phone out, looked on Facebook, and Lord Sugar's page came up. And it said, final call for the apprentice who got 24 hours to apply. And then that moment, I stood there, okay, and I looked at the phone, and this is hand on heart, God's honest truth, okay, I knew that I'd won already. The second that I looked at the form, I just knew. Because the book was so key in playing a part in me starting the business, I always knew that that book and I'm a strong believer in the laws of attraction, mm. it was gonna to come to fruition. Yeah. So anyway, I put my details in there for the solid reason that I wanted exposure because I wanted to go national. Yeah. I knew the show could do that for me. Yeah. I needed cash, okay, to get me to the next level to invest in the infrastructure to allow us to grow. Yeah. And then I also needed the mentorship and yeah. who better to get than yeah, yeah. a Lord Billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a, you know, it's a, a brilliant, you know, brilliant story. And also what you didn't mention was that you're impulsive enough to take action and get it done. Yeah. Now I find it so many times with entrepreneurs out there, is oh, I want to think about it. Oh, I want to take time. I want to ask something. I want to do Sometimes it is about being impulsive, mm -hmm. taking action, getting it done, and then you get results. So many people miss opportunities because they haven't got the guts to just say, do you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm going to actually take action when they get it done. That's exactly what you do. And you've just got to do it. Yeah. You know, just do it. Don't think about the consequences. Just get on <laughs> with it and deal with them after. I'm a strong believer that yeah. you measure risk against the reward. Yeah. But, you know, you have to take risk to get to the next level when you've just got to decide. You can keep procrastinating all the time. Should I do it? Will I do it? Is it going to work? <laughs> But, you know, ultimately, if you don't try, you're never going to know. Yeah. You know, so stop, stop wanting things. Stop thinking that you can have things. Stop having that desire and doing nothing about it, you know. And that's, that's the most important the thing. Some of your actions are what take you, to you towards your success. And if you take no action, you're going to stay still. You're going to stay stagnant. And it sounds like you took a lot of action in every step and commend you for that. Just. So you went on to The Apprentice. Yeah. Um, obviously... 
you know, you had some good candidates there mm-hmm. and some good people. I actually, actually think it was strong competition mm-hmm. that year. You know, I've watched it a lot of years. Mm-hmm. I haven't started watching it this year, but I've watched it a lot of years. Obviously, I know Lee really well. No, Richard. No, Richard was very good. Um, how, what was it like with the people around you? How did you feel when you got there? Did you think it was going to... Did you think it was tough? What was the situation? Did you enjoy it? So, if I'm all honest, it was brutal. <laughs> it really, really was brutal. When you watch it on TV and you don't understand what goes on behind the scenes. So, when I applied, okay... You wait and you get on the show, you have to go away for nine weeks off radar. You can't tell anybody where you're going, mm. you know, and you know as well as I do in the early stages of your business, you are everything yeah. marketeer, sales, yeah. HR, um, customer service, manager, operations. Okay, and I was heavily doing that and I had this part time lady. So I had to basically say to her, look, I've got to go away for nine weeks. I'm going to go on the show. Can you run my business for me? Nobody can know where I've gone. None of our customers, none of our engineers, no one. I'm going to tell everybody mm-hmm. that my auntie who lives in Italy is ill and I'm going to have to go away on a goat farm mm-hmm. and they've got no Wi-Fi. <laughs> okay, and that's exactly what I did. And she looked at me and said, Joe, you know what? She's in her 50s. I'll step up and do it for you because yeah. I know you're going to win. Yeah. So that was a big thing. I risked my whole business mm-hmm. once again because I knew I would win the show because I thought it could fall apart in those nine mm-hmm. weeks. Yeah. Okay, so that's another lesson about taking that risk. Did, did it fall apart? No, she kept it. We, kept, we came out yeah. and she kept every client that we had, mm-hmm. ran with the engineers. She's still with you? Mm, unfortunately, she's retired <laughs> now. Oh, bless her, yeah. Now I'll find her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, she's gone. No, no. Her name's Debbie. She's, <laughs> she's cracking, but she, yeah. she retired about yeah. six months. Actually, it was this time last year, last oh. November. Yeah. But, you know, that's also <laughs> a lesson in the fact that as much as you think your business is you, your yeah. business can run without you. So don't be afraid to start stepping away when it's ready. Yeah. Uh, we're going off subject a little yeah, bit there, but right, while, yeah, while we're yeah. talking about it. And so I had that on my mind that I wasn't able to contact my business. You know, I didn't know what was going on with it. But on the first day, you chucked into a house with 18 candidates that you know nothing about, that are your competition, that are against you head to head, okay, and that want to take you down at any turn. Okay, so it's hard. Then you're chucked into all of these tasks <laughs> where you're up against it yeah. and you don't, you know, I never claimed to be a business expert. I'm nowhere near that now and I never was at the time. But you're inventing products, you're marketing products, you're making products, you're selling, you're pitching, you know, mm. you're doing 18-hour days and in between the times when you're talking in the cars on camera, when the cameras go off, you have to be silent. You can be doing two or three-hour journeys where you can't talk to each other mm. because of rules and all of that type of stuff I never I didn't sleep because I was always so wired in my mind about what was going on and thinking what happens in the boardroom you know and all of that type of stuff so you don't see all of that it's it's absolutely savage Mm. okay it really really is because the most important thing is you know you're working as a team but are they going to stab you in the back yeah um and a lot of the lessons that I learned from that and a lot of the mistakes that people make on that show on a weekly basis or when they go on there is that all they ever try to do to show themselves is get other people down. So they try to be loud in the boardroom about why you've made a mistake. Whereas I focused on being loud where I, on what I did right. Yeah. So it was all about showing what I'd done, you know, and promoting myself, not trying to bring somebody else down yeah. when I hadn't performed. So that's what I concentrated on. And that's I think what... you can see that on the show when people do that, you know. Yeah. And I think without a doubt, you know, highlighting your strengths is obviously obviously key. How how many of the people on your one were actually business owners? There weren't many, was there? 
Um, I'd say probably four. Four. Yeah. Do you feel that that gave you a bit of an edge? Because I think when you are a business owner, like you said, you're wearing all these different hats, mm-hmm. and you might not know it, but you're getting training like constantly, aren't yeah. you, from dealing with different things. And somebody that is currently in a in a job, or even if they're a really high end job, they don't get exposed to some of the other things like cash flow and yeah. you know, finances, investors, raising funding, marketing, sales, everything. Like Major that. pressure. Yeah, you know, and, and it, it gives you the res- confidence as well. Like, confidence. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. I mean, having that business for the three years. And when I chucked myself in it, yeah. you know, and all the things that I'd learned, that gave me the resilience. Because yeah. I wasn't sleeping when I was yeah. working. I, <laughs> I wasn't sleeping. I was always stressed, always under pressure, yeah. always planning and trying to do new ideas, yeah. you know, going to meetings <laughs> that I didn't know. So it was very, very similar. So I was able to take it, whereas that process was tearing people apart. Yeah. They start to flag after a couple yeah. of weeks because yeah. they can't handle it. Yeah, They're yeah. not used to it. Yeah. Um, you know, I think so, it's brilliant that you describe it like that and, and the parallels actually between running a business is really, really interesting. So, you know, as you, as you went through it, obviously you became mm-hmm. successful, well done. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you won the show. Right near the end, did you think, you obviously had confidence that you wanted to win before you won yeah. it. How did you feel near the end after you'd seen the skill sets of some of the other people? Did you still feel confident? Were there, were there times that your confidence was rocked? And you know, um, what did you think? I think there's always can be that niggling doubt in the yeah. back of your mind sometimes, you know, and, and I, I do question myself sometimes now, but as soon as that doubt creeps in, I smash it back out. It's good. Okay, yeah. and you've got to destroy it. You can't let it grow in your mind. As soon as I have it, no, boom, it's got to go. Like and that. you've got to have that's that. That's a really good bit of advice, what you just said. If, you know, the viewers pick that up because everybody does. It doesn't yeah. matter if you, how successful you are. I'm sure even this time where Lord Trigg himself gets that. Exactly. Everybody gets that. Am and, I making the right call? You know, it's not just you. And, yeah. you know, everybody feels that way. And having the emotional intelligence to smash it down. Yeah. And it's what I do. Exactly mm-hmm. the same thing. You know, when I'm making business decisions and things like that, just smash it back down and don't let any, any doubts, anything rock you. And that's brilliant. Yeah, you have to trust yourself, you know, mm-hmm. and you have to... We were saying about self-belief earlier, you have to be your number one backer. If you don't believe, how will anybody else? Yeah. You have to believe. 100% that what you're committing to will work. Because if you go in 70%, then you've got 30% doubt in your mind. Yeah. It ain't going to work. It's going to fail, you know, in my mind. Or it might work, but you're leaving yourself open, open for risk. I went in there, I'm going to win no matter what. Okay, I'm looking at you and you are quite strong, but I know <laughs> I'm going to win, so you're not going to beat me. It doesn't matter how good you are. Do you think anybody I'm, else had that belief? Not as strong as me. I believe that people... Did believe it. I'd say realistically out of the whole 18, only three people really believed it. Yeah. Really believed they could do it. Who were those three? Um, myself. I think Richard believed he could do it. Yeah. I, I really do believe he think he could do it. And also Varna. Yeah, yeah. I think she felt confident that she could it's deliver. because she didn't really show herself on the show until the end, I felt. Yeah. She got strong at the end, didn't she? Do you remember? Yeah, hundred percent. You watched the show, by the way. You actually watched it all back and stuff like that. Yeah. What we, How many what, times? <laughs> <laughs> what we used to do was um, we used to do this thing called the Apprentice Club. So <laughs> on the Wednesday or the Thursday, all my mates used to come round my house, yeah. and we all used to watch it together yeah, yeah. when it was aired. No, it was a fantastic mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. You know, I look back and I remember it. It was just a great feeling when it all went live on yeah. TV and. It was just an exciting time. Mm. I didn't know what was coming, you know? Mm. It was just like going into business with sugar. What's this gonna do for me? Mm. How much is my life gonna change? And it was a great, great experience, you know? And a lot of people 
you know, do have an opinion on the candidates that go on there and the process and the show. But realistically, it is oh, very, thing. very good, mm. you know. And for those very s- small few that are going because they want to be in business and they do actually want to properly do it, mm. you know, it can be life-changing for them as it has been for me. So, so you won and you, what happened after you won, you know? Yeah. What, what was the kind of period? And what was it like being business partners with, with Lord Sugar? So you find out in December, obviously, that you've yeah. won. Um, and then January 16, it was. Mm. You basically go and meet him. You have your solicitors. Mm. Um, you sign the contract. Yeah. Boom, 50-50 and 250 grand straight into the business account. Yeah. It was slightly different with my year, though, because he bought into Impregas. Yeah which was pretty cool. I'd yeah. started it three years before, now yeah. a billionaire's buying 50% for a quarter of a million. Yeah, yeah. At 25, I was like, yes, I'm buzzing, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. so that was cool. Um, and then you go to work, really. So do you see Sugar? Yes, you do. Mm. You see him once a month and you have an hour-long board meeting with him. Mm. It's just you. So he sits there, you sit here, then you have the FD, the assistant FD, the secretary and the accountant. So it's heavily weighted on their side, <laughs> but you're, you know, you are yeah, a team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you sit on your end and, mm. and you realistically get to work. Um, it was a crazy time, mm. all right? And it was quite tough and it was exciting, but it was, it was also a lot of noise because of all the PR, the press, straight after, you know, wanting to, at 25, still go to the events that were going on in the evenings yeah, yeah, yeah. and you get invited to, and tying all that stuff down was quite tricky, you know, and I had to stay and remain disciplined to mm. not go and do all of that sexy stuff, I like mm. to call it, yeah. you know, because I was there to focus on the business, I wasn't a reality TV star, yeah, yeah. even though that was pretty cool for a yeah, while, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so, the main thing for me is I had the vans, I had the warehouse, and I had computers. So you decided you were going, and now you yeah. got funding. How, did, how do you we, use that funding? What we needed for mm. what we needed was infrastructure. Yeah. So I wanted to grow the business. So it was time to realistically, I didn't need equipment. I needed people. Mm. I needed experienced people, and I needed to invest in wages. Yeah. So bringing more people into the business that was ultimately ultimately going to suck the profits away because mm. we weren't doing enough sales at that time yeah. to output it. But that was the investment. Mm. training the people, building the department and getting the back office set up. Um, As we were doing that, um, we were running the existing model, so the estate agents that I went and saw the three years before, we were doing lots of call outs, breakdowns, very small ticket, um, you know, 50 pound services, Mm. 100 pound breakdown repairs Mm. and all that type of stuff. And although that's good when you're a small company, um, and it had a margin to it, the volume that we would have needed to then support the infrastructure I was building yeah. would have been astronomical. Yeah. So a big, brave decision had to be made six months in because the model wasn't working. Mm. Okay, and that was all I knew. That was my business model from day one. That was all I knew. And I think where a lot of business can potentially fail is if their model isn't working, they ride it into the ground. Yeah. You know, don't be afraid to change. If you can see something better, change your model, okay, and do something else before it's too late. Honestly, if you're a business owner who listens to that, it's a great bit of advice without a shadow of a doubt. You always need to be looking at your model. I mean, Jamie, who's filming behind, knows how often we review our model. You know, we're always looking to, we're always looking to make sure that we're, you know, changing for the better and growing the business in the right way. Always really? keeping an eye on the margins and, and, and the profits. But I've also seen other businesses that have been not been able to break through. 
and then they change the structure and the model they're doing things and then have massive success. Yeah. You know, you're, often, you're often only a little change away from actually getting that, that business that you want and you desire. So that's a great bit. Exactly. So, so we did that. Yeah. Um, six months, six months, well, about seven, eight months in actually. It was the August of that 2016. And that was my call. So, because they didn't know anything about the industry. So, as an investor, I went to get the, the infrastructure and support to build a national service business. But they didn't know my industry, which limited them on the advice they could give me. Mm. But what they did do, which I didn't have, was a solid financial infrastructure yeah, within okay. the business. Yeah. And they helped me set up systems and processes, recovering debts, dealing yeah. with creditors, you know, and all Credit of that. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and that was important the monthly management accounts, getting me to really understand the market behind every job making sure that, that was solid and we weren't just doing jobs for the sake of yeah, doing yeah. jobs yeah. Um, so they that's where they added the value to my mm. business so I made the call you know I wanted an average order value so boiler installations is what we went after average order value of that is 2,800 yeah. per transaction um, it had a solid margin okay that we could actually base our projections on not one service one breakdown one toilet repair yeah, yeah, yeah. one tap change yeah. which are all different yeah it was simple we then claimed to become the uk's number one boiler installation business michelin star boiler installation business because we've got one thing on our menu that tastes great not when you go yeah. to them cheap restaurants and their pages and pages of services that are all yeah. crap or medium Okay, so one thing simplified, but it was also scalable, yeah. scalable quickly because it was the same product, yeah. but the market we were going after was huge. Yeah. So to put it into perspective, there's 1.3 million boilers installed a year, British gas to 100,000 a year, so they've only got just under 10% of the market. Yeah. So there was a lot for the taking. So we tried it and for, for a few months, we were losing money because we were establishing a sales team, a marketing team. We had to change all of our engineers. People left, people quit because they came on as service engineers. They didn't want to be installers. So we had to recruit, change everything. It was madness, but I knew it was going to work. And I can sit here and it is pretty much just over 12 months on. Yeah. Um, and in that 12 month period, we went from doing zero sales and I told you earlier we were doing 315,000 a year. Okay, we've now just done 2.5 million in the first 12 months. And we've just hit 300,000 a month. I think that's, that's brilliant. And, and the lesson, one of the things we talk about at the events is looking at your transaction value. Can mm -hmm. you increase your transaction value? Yep. Can you increase your margins and stuff? And it sounds like you, you backed yourself again. I think it's really good. I mean, it's brilliant, you know, great achievement to get to get that all done. And where did that factor in? Obviously, you you in the end went on your own. You? What point did yeah. you go on your own? So we ran the model then of the installations for about another six months, and then early 2017. So we're looking back at sort of March time now. Um, it became very clear that the investment had been put into the business. Okay, I'd taken all of the exposure and built all of the relationships with manufacturers, suppliers, mm -hmm. and took it, taken all of the good stuff that I could. Mm -hmm. Okay, and they'd helped me build the financial infrastructure. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting there going, what else now have you got to give me? Because I want to scale, and you don't know how to tell me how to scale, so I really need other support, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and you're not potentially in tune with where I want to go, whereas my ambition, was to go, to go national and is to go national, mm. okay? Whereas Lord Sugar probably wants you to gross, grow at a 
slower pace yeah, you know yeah. but for me now it's all about these are my prime 20s i want to keep risking everything to keep jumping and getting to <laughs> right. the next level you know yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what he would have done at 27 to grow amstrad not plod along slowly and you know i'm i'm going for it so i said look i'm going for it you're either on the front line with me mm. or let me go on my own i'll buy buy the 50 percent back and i'll do it myself because we've got to a point now where the business is where it is, you know, what do you want? And he actually said, you know what, I think, I think that's actually quite a um, respectable way that you've brought it across, it's quite fair, and I think you can do it alone. Yeah. We agreed a price, yeah. and I got my baby back. <laughs> Which is, you know, for me... That's interesting, isn't it? Because that was the person that inspired you in the beginning. Mm -hmm. You said about a law of attraction, you end up working with it, okay, and you end up doing that. And then, was it a hard decision, or did, did your baby mean more to you than, <laughs> than that, you know? Like, well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was to walk away from the person that's inspired you as well. It's, it's a big step, it's a big, yeah. big move. But I'm a strong believer that, you, you know, you, people think, a lot of, from the outside, right, mm. people saw me going in with Lord Sugar as my peak. That was like the biggest thing you could ever do. That was just the beginning yeah, for me, you yeah. see. You know, and we did, we worked together for a period of time mm. and then you move on. Yeah, yeah. You know, you have a partner, you start a business with someone, it goes well, but then you move on. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. We ain't got to go together for the next 50 years. Yeah. We both helped each other at the time. He took what he needed from me. I took what I needed from him and there wasn't much left to do. So we split. I hear a lot of business partners going, oh, I'm stuck with my business partner. I'm like, listen, no, no, if it's not working now, then move on. You know, you haven't got to, you haven't got to stay in it. And, you know, since then, in, in that, in that period between April and now, we've done a million pounds worth of sales. Yeah. You know, the business has won well, awards. It sounds like the right decision, you know, without a doubt. I just meant that emotionally, did, did, was there a doubt there as well? Yeah. You just felt confident that it was the right What I was do. concerned about was what the outside perspective would be, you know, especially your staff. Because, you know, after a short relationship, I'm having to go to my staff and go, listen, I've just bought Lord Sugar out. I know it's going to hit the headlines, <laughs> but don't worry. I run this business. You, you, I am the controller. Yeah. Your belief should be in me. It's never been in him. I started this since day one, and I've got it here, including all of the things that bringing them on has done, you see? So I was yeah, worried about telling them and thinking that they might bail or they might think, oh no, like... But, but they're good. They, they're yeah, reacting. and to be, to be fair, they're all buzzing about it, congratulating me, you know, and everybody came together. Yeah. And the business has grown from strength to strength since then. So that was nice for me that they, they got behind me and they didn't think, uh oh, this is a sinking ship, I'm getting off. Yeah, do you yeah, see yeah, what yeah. I mean? Which that can well, be in your mind. Do you know what you did again, I think that you did right there, you know, by the sounds of it, is you know, you've got to face these things head on and mm. you have a big meeting with all your staff, you tell them all how it is and you inspire them, and then it's crack on, isn't it? Yeah. If you don't do that and you know, and, and you don't do it in the right way and you don't show the right leadership then they probably would have jumped shit. Exactly, so it sounds like you showed it. the right leadership. That seems like the lesson in that. You Sometimes know. you can't shy away from things. Yeah. And if you do, that's what breeds the doubt. People yeah. think you're being sneaky about it or you're yeah, not, yeah. you know, you hit it head on, you know, in any, any problem, then people can't argue, you know, eye to eye, straight up, yeah. you know, this is what's happened. This is what we're doing. You know, you've, you've got it from the horse's mouth, you know, and that's yeah. that's the way I like to deal with things. No, brilliant. You um, know, fantastic. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what is coming out and what is coming? Okay, so we've got my new book, um, and it's basically a 
autobiography 227, so a half autobiography, I would say. It's a hopefully. Bit, yeah, yeah, hopefully, yeah. It's a business book, yeah. um, and it's called Expelled from the Classroom to Billionaire Boardroom. And it basically shows how from the age of 15, when I was expelled, down and out, on my own, getting into trouble, had nothing, you know, at that time. I was able to turn my life around in 10 years, become a qualified engineer, get back into education, start a business, go on The Apprentice, win The Apprentice, and then buy back the company and have a million, multi-million pound business by the time I was 27. Brilliant. Um, and yeah, some great lessons in there. The audience is, you know, people leaving school that are finding it hard, don't know whether to go to uni, apprenticeships, all of that type of stuff. Then it goes on to people starting a business, so it's got some great startup yeah. um, advice, which we sort of covered. Yeah. It's heavily talks about the apprentice, the audition process behind the scenes, what the boardroom was really like after the show, so the apprentice fans are on there as well. And then finally, for the more advanced business owners, how to now scale your startup to become yeah. a company that can get into the multi-million pound sale category and start to expand across the country if you are a service business. Sounds brilliant. So, uh, can I take one of these with me, yeah? Right. Yeah, you can take one, yeah, no problem. <laughs> okay, great stuff. So, look, I think that's been, you know, an amazing, amazing interview, some real, real nuggets of advice, and I'm sure that you'll uh, come and maybe join us at an event soon and talk 100%. to some people and inspire some more people with your story. But, you know, it's something I've really enjoyed, and without a doubt, you've made some great moves, and I wish you all the success for the future. I wish, no doubt, you're going to do very, very well. Thank you so, very much. Top man. Top man. And I will just wrap up with one last bit of advice and that is don't wait for opportunity create it there you go there we go loving it cheers Thank thanks hey everybody adam here and i hope you loved today's episode hope you thought it was fabulous and if you did i'd like to ask you a small favor could you jump over and go and give the podcast a review of course i'll be super grateful if that is a five-star review we're putting our all into this podcast for you delivering you the content giving you the secrets and if you've enjoyed it please go and give us a review and talk about what your favorite episode is perhaps Every single month, I select someone from that review list to come to one of my exclusive Academy Days and have lunch with me on the day, meeting hundreds of my clients. So if you want that to be you, then you're going to be in with a shout if you go and give us a review on iTunes. Please, of course, do remember to subscribe so you can get all the up-to-date episodes. Peace and love, and I'll see you very, very soon. Thank you.